Welcome back to another Sherwood Project takeover of Cool Hand Crypto. My name is Matt Silverman, and please remember to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast app. The Sherwood Project is a documentary and a community program financed by and centered around the search and discovery of an NFT artist and the NFT or NF tree that they will create. Today, I'm joined by my co-founder, Hans Kapp himself, Luke Dale, and a wonderful recent collaborator of ours. This person is a brand designer, a logo mastermind, a TikTok triumph, whose past work can be seen in the Daily Telegraph, Grazia, FHM, Men's Health, and most importantly, The Sherwood Project. James Bernard, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. We are opening each of these Sherwood Project episodes with a little bit of gratitude. So today, we want to thank you, James, for collaborating with us and uh, bearing with uh, two creatives who are kind of like uh, chickens with their heads cut off running around and somehow coming out on top with an incredible logo. So thank you, James. We did all right, didn't we? Across uh, three time zones as well. Just add that one in there, you know, uh, Boston, London, and Australia. So there's about like one hour of the day that I think we're all actually awake. So appreciate you, Luke, staying up till uh, midnight to get on this podcast with us. Awesome. Thanks a lot. You're so right. That that alone is is like like almost the biggest hurdle of how you do this. <laughs> we managed it. So well It's amazing. It's what I love about the Sherwood Project and what I love about doing this kind of work in Web3 and this idea that we can, I would have never guessed, you know, three months ago, I'd be uh, right now at 7 p.m. in Boston, midnight in London for Luke, and I think 10 a.m. for you, James, in Australia. And uh uh, it's just amazing that we can we can build these friendships and relationships and collaborations like this. It's it's really awesome. So um, I want to start with a little bit of your background, James. Why don't you tell us how you decided to get into brand design and logo design? You're you're a very prolific artist, and uh, it, it seems like you could have chosen really any kind of specialty to go into. So what brought you into brand and logos? Well, firstly, I uh, definitely wouldn't call myself an artist, uh, especially when I'm looking at the um, collaborators that you guys are going to be um, featuring shortly. But um, I've just got a lot of experience. I started out as a designer um, in magazines and publishing and um, did loads of digital work with um, brands like Men's Health and ended up at newspapers, at the Daily Telegraph, and just learned to deal with really, really fast deadlines realized I'm quite an efficient designer. I can work quite quickly. Um, and then I basically took a job at a newspaper that I absolutely ended up hating. I ended up um, losing a lot of the design responsibility and having to take on more and more sort of management and uh, even HR roles, which I ended up absolutely hating. So I went freelance um, just to kind of uh, pay the bills, essentially. And I realized pretty quickly that I enjoyed the freelance lifestyle a lot better than I did the permanent one. Uh, just gave me freedom to do uh, more of what I wanted, work on the projects that I, that I wanted. So I did some agency work and then I watched a lot of these um, videos by a chap called Chris Doan about the business of design and um, they were unbelievable, just, just how to value your work and I'd always felt like I was kind of in that kind of fake it until you make it mentality but um, after watching these videos I was like do you know what, I'm actually, I'm good at what I do. I should charge more for it. And I should actually start marketing myself better as a designer. And, and I decided to niche down into branding probably a year and a half ago, two years ago. And uh, 
I'd obviously done loads of logo work before then, but actually specializing in branding was something that I really needed to kind of pull the plug on. So I actually slowly started the process of removing my other design clients um, from my work. You know, I was always doing um, print design and digital design in the background and um, actually focusing on logo design was something that I thought, you know, this is it. I should actually just narrow down into this niche. And it's taken a while, but I've just actually, as of yesterday, finally um, lost my uh, last retainer client. So now it's logos or nothing. This is it from here on in. So that's a good thing, I think, right? Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was it was quite scary. Uh, obviously, it's an um, additional resource for me. Um, but, you know, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to be a complete um, brand designer, I need to kind of you know, take that plunge and actually just start to work on logos only. And, and I've done it now. So officially, uh, solely a logo designer. So yeah, it's great. Well, you've definitely taken that plunge. I found you through TikTok and you were talking about, um, I don't remember the name of the book, but two of your logos were accepted into this very esteemed uh, logo. Uh, well, you, you, you describe it. TikTok is, uh, it's, I do a lot of video content and I'm not really, I wasn't very prolific on TikTok, but I posted this video about um, two of, uh, three of my logos got accepted into a book called The Logo Lounge. And it's like the most respected um, publication around branding in the world. They're like their bestsellers, their books. And I submitted a fair few logos, but three of them got submitted. I did a little TikTok video about it. And as of this morning, it's on um, 2.8 million views um and so overnight my tiktok account completely blew up i got something like seventeen thousand followers in a day um and you guys of course thanks for that and then um just started receiving requests from all over the world for design jobs and, and just like that i was booked out for i'm not booked out until may which is unbelievable it's the best sort of month of uh um, design leads that i've ever had so thanks to tiktok for that so yeah and that's how you guys found me and i woke up to a voice message from luke on my instagram account and his you know sultry tones and james would love to work with you and it was uh you know quite the privilege and then obviously checked out the sharewood project i was like right this is a this is a good one this is a good one especially in the nft space right now where it can feel a little bit flooded and that's and a lot of um Graphic designers are getting contacted about, you know, being allowed to use NFTs. I've had um, illustrator friends who are just bombarded with people who are asking them, can we use that and we'll pay you if, you know, the NFT is a success. It was really great to actually be asked to be a part of an NFT project as an actual branding designer and, you know, not be um, on the actual NFT selling side of things. You know, it's really, really cool. So um, checked you guys out, checked out the project. and thought this is these guys have got it right they're actually doing something with this and they've got a, a good message and they've got a good plan and uh yeah it was all just a bit of negotiation there from there but um yeah glad glad that we could work it out glad that we got it over the line i think what you've learned james which i've learned also is that we just don't know how to say no to luke <laughs> absolutely <laughs> the born salesman i just go around asking people to do stuff for me and it just works out what can I say? <laughs> but, it's, but it's amazing that like it, like so much of what has happened between Matt and I uh, with this project came from TikTok and uh, and, and you've had such, such success on there and it's real world actual value success. 
Um, and it's been the same for, for myself. And uh, it's a crazy little algorithm it's got there. It's nuts, isn't it? I can't believe that you, you tell people that you, you, um, you're, you're on TikTok and especially people of my generation who just assume the app is for kids and they kind of turn their nose up at it a little bit. Like, yeah. you know, if I say to someone that I spend maybe 20% of my time making content for TikTok, they go, what are you, what are you lip syncing videos? Are you dancing? You know, what are you doing? And they don't realize that this is kind of almost untapped TikTok for business resource out there that um, you won't believe the yeah. amount of you know leads that you can generate. If your content is good and you're passionate about what you do, and you um, you know can talk all day about your industry, essentially, then you know it's an absolute goldmine. So yeah, I totally recommend it for anybody out there. Let them laugh at you while you're booked through May. Well, I'm well, I'm yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, I'm not. I'm not loaded, honestly. It's just a you know, it's a slight bump in leads, which is absolutely incredible, and I'll I'll, I'll take it all day long. Um, so yeah, long may it continue, and um, it just means now that I have to proportion a certain amount of my day. Um, to creating TikTok content because uh, I need to keep the momentum going with it now that I've got all these new followers. I think I'm almost at like like 28,000 followers this morning, which is just ridiculous. So if I post something and the content is good, it does well almost automatically because of the number of followers that, that I have now. So I just need to keep it going. You'll also probably, you'll be providing a lot of value to people like yourself who need a bit of guidance as well. So, it, you know, you, you might already be doing it, but like thinking about, you know, people that are aspiring to be where you are and making content for those people as well is probably quite a good idea. Yeah, that's why I, I, I like this project so much is because I get a chance to share the processes. That kind of content is, is so great for up-and-coming designers who just don't know how to break into the industry. Um, don't know how to generate leads, don't know how to start the process of, of building a brand. Um, I love sharing that kind of content. It's one of the things that I did enjoy when I had a permanent role was the teaching and the actual, um, you know, managing people's training and actually teaching them about design and kind of paying it forward in that respect. Um, but TikTok allows me to do that and sharing tutorial videos and time-lapse videos of me using Adobe Illustrator. Just people love it. They can't get enough of that content. Um, when you watch videos like that, you just pick up on things that you didn't know you could do. And I, I watch them all the time. I watch you know videos from my competitors and other designers out there just to try and stay afloat of these softwares that just change every month. Um, and if you don't um, you know, stay current with it, you'll just be left behind. So it's a great resource. So before we jump into the Sherwood Project logo. Can you tell us what makes a great logo? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, logo design and logo design is subjective, okay? Like, you're not gonna please everybody with your logo designs, but as long as your logo is unique, so no one's done it before, um, it looks trustworthy, i.e. premium enough that it, it looks like you're not a scam artist. Um, it reflects your industry. So if you're designing a logo for a hairdresser, it doesn't look like a car company. Um, and that you guys are proud of it, then that's a great logo in my opinion. There's other things and details that you can go into, like it should work in a one color format. It should be um, legible at a really small size, so it appears well in um, the favicon. But essentially, those um, issues are, you know, you can create scalable variations of a logo to work in smaller formats, so you can always cover your bases there. 
But the big one is just, you guys have just got to be proud of it. If you're not proud of your own logo as a company owner, um, then you're in real trouble. And that's where, you know, I like to see, I like to think that I can help my clients and we'll get to a logo um, that we're both happy with. That I'm proud to put on my portfolio and they're proud to put on their masthead and, you know, their website. And that kind of You've done an incredible job of distilling our thoughts into a really succinct, tight, clean, notable um, badge of honor that we'll continue to wear from this moment forward. Uh, Luke, maybe you can sort of describe where our heads were at prior to James. It was an absolute mess. We had no idea what we were doing. We had no, I mean, we had like some ideas of what it needed to say but we did not know how it was going to take shape at all. We were so lost. It was so embarrassing. Um, <laughs> we were like, the thing is, whoever we get, they need to get it. They need to get what we're about. They need to, uh, and they and they, they need to be excited about communicating it and, and coming up with the idea. It can't, because it's very tempting to be like, oh, we just get one on Fiverr and like, you know, and I know you've talked about that, James. And but you 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 get what you pay for, and 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 the person isn't necessarily invested or um, gonna gonna particularly uh, commit. I think as much as when you pay a, pay a more premium rate, and you're working with someone that really knows what they're doing and comes highly recommended. Um, so like we were like we had this decision of like I think I think we need to we need to really invest in this because it's 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 our emblem it's everything really it's like it's the the first thing that people come to and so the wonderful thing was when we came well Matt came across you on TikTok was like this is this is definitely the guy because th this guy cares so much about what he does and it's so clear that he does this is the guy so we reached out because we were like we, this is precisely what we need um someone that really really thinks of this as a craft not just like a little money making tool um and so yeah and and, it, and then as soon as you got back to me i was like yeah i think i think this is the guy and uh you the way you approached it was perfect because you allowed us to throw up all of our ideas onto you and you were like right let me let me digest all this um, and that's exactly what we needed. That's great, actually, because you're actually in a rare position where you've got a you've got something in your head, you've got an idea in your head, and you just can't get it down on paper. And that's one of my jobs to distill information. And a lot of the times, you know, clients will come to me and they actually don't know what they want. And you guys kind of did. You had like this great brief. You had loads and loads of ideas about. Um, well, we'll get into specifics later, but you know, you, you knew what you wanted in your head. You knew that it needed to reflect this NFT space and it needed to have a digital feel to it. It needed to be almost futuristic, um, but you just couldn't get that down. And I get that a lot. You know, when clients come to me and often the same exact boat as you guys, they'll have gone to somewhere like Fiverr and tried to do it on the cheap and they end up wasting their money. And, you know, even even though that, you know, it's, just, it's a cheap initial spend, it's money that they could have saved um, and put into you know a, a more specialized designer and yeah I get that quite a lot where people have just kind of got so disillusioned with the whole thing they're like please just fix it just fix it and that's what I do I take that brief go you know come up with concepts and come up with styles and then through a bit of discussion with you guys we get to you know good final product
Definitely. Let I want to jump into your presentation number one. We basically went through around two and a half, I guess, rounds or, or three rounds, something like that, of, of uh, iterations of the logo. Um, so we'll throw on the screen presentation number one, which, by the way, once you, if, if you're looking at this presentation now, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll just see the, the pixel-perfect care that went into creating just the presentation. It wasn't just a, a logo emailed to us and said, hey, do you guys like this? Um, it, it was such a beautiful presentation you put together, which is why I love to share it right now. Luke, do you remember sort of the buzzwords we were giving to James um, before he started? We said, look, we, what were the things we wanted him to distill? What were all of our thoughts as far as uh, the, we know that it sort of has to encapsulate the following? We wanted to encapsulate, obviously, the digital um, the fact that this is an NFC to NF tree, the Sherwood Forest, but obviously not too, you know, we're not shoving Robin Hood down people's throats here. That's not the point. And also comes with that uh, a sort of uh, legal issue because we don't, we, we don't want to uh, run into issues there. Um, but, you know, some kind of suggestion would be nice of the Sherwood Forest um, seeds. Your old brief is actually in front of me if you want me to read out some of these buzzwords that you that you had yeah sure the the values that you guys said were bold helpful trustworthy um creative and rebellious and um you also had talked about this um low poly style tree that you wanted to incorporate in the logo so it was it was a representation of the forest but it also needed to be clearly digital and that was something that was quite important to you that it needed to feel right it needed to feel like this is, um, it's not a nature company. It's not a nature reserve. It's not like a woodworking company. It's got to be, uh, it's definitely got to fill in the right sort of digital space. It could very easily be, uh, it kind of look like uh, like something to do with planting trees. Uh, but it's, but, but, so we were, we, were, we were careful around that. Uh, but I think you did a great job either way. James, could... Could, could you walk us through presentation one? You don't have to read everything you wrote, um, but especially the, the design rationale. And, uh, rationale and, and we're kind of exposing ourselves and, your, and you here uh, just because I'm sure people are going to adore and love these iterations of the logo over the final logo we arrived at. Um, but I, I think it's really important to be transparent about uh, just the, the process as a whole and why we arrived at where we arrived from the Sherwood Project's point of view, but also how you were able to get there as a, as a designer. Um, so with this first presentation, if you want to just kind of walk us through the rationale with maybe each logo. I presented two versions to you guys um, first off. The, the, the initial one and the primary choice that I wanted you guys to go with was this um, tree, uh, a seed, like an acorn, which is by the way, the most um, prolific tree in the Sherwood Forest, the, the oak tree. So the acorn was the seed that we wanted to use. Um, growing into the um, a leaf and a seedling, which actually formed the shape of an arrow inside a bow. So we've got our, you know, we've got our Nottingham Forest um, connotations here. And this arrow theme was running through your pitch deck as well about the sort of the path that this project was going to take. And it was like, you know, it's direct. It was shooting like an arrow through the... Um, through the project to each of these targets that you guys were going to hit that the nfs the the documentary the community the artist all of these um sort of flight path of um deliverables that you guys were going to hit so i thought the arrow is quite an important one 
So I worked up this badge, which is essentially a seedling growing out of an acorn, but the acorn is the, is the arrowhead. The seedling growing out of it actually forms the veins of a leaf. And then that looks like an, an arrow, which is then shooting um, out of this badge. So yeah, it was, quite an, it was a nice sort of nice lockup. It worked well in a sort of circular badge format. And this is another thing that we had to consider about this project is that our logo is mainly going to be on the Discord channel. So it needed to work inside the, um, the profile pin, which is a really small thumbnail circular image. It also needed to work in um, the box square to the, to the top left of the screen where the um, name of the company is. And then we had um, things like your pitch deck to consider. So it needs to work across loads and loads of different formats. And this one scaled really well because we could actually um, break it down into um, a certain number of formats. And I remember the first thing I said to Matt when I saw that, I was like, this is just ridiculously clever, really, isn't it? <laughs> it almost has a bit too much meaning in it, doesn't it? It's, it's one of the things that I think one of the reasons why we didn't go down this route um, it was trying to crowbar quite a lot into this space. I don't know. I don't know your thoughts. I think in the end, the, the ultimate decision, not to jump the gun, but like, I think uh, the reason I preferred the, the, the one we got to in the end was I, I, I look at it, I see it and my eyes just go, that looks cool. Um, it's not that this doesn't look cool. It's just that it, it, it I don't know. There is a kind of ineffable quality about logo, isn't there? I might, you might agree. Like you, you see it, and you don't. Maybe you don't quite know why you like it, but you just do. And that's not to discount and discredit the the effort and time and be, like the the how smart this first one is. It's just it's just a feeling, isn't it? Now it it says it says everything that we want it to say. Um, maybe maybe without. The, probably the only thing missing is the digital element, which is probably why me and Matt were like, mm, not quite there. Exactly, exactly right. So that's one of the things that I took into the first round of feedback is that yes, it was missing that futuristic and digital style, and it looked a little too traditional and you know maybe nineteen seventies American industry. You know, it wasn't quite hitting that digital mark. And so in this first round of amends um, that you gave me, we tried to take that um, seedling and the leaf shape into a more uh, digital style um, tree. We did one version of that logo number one where we changed the tree shape into a hexagon style. So it was more of a treehouse shape. It had a more of a digital feel to it. But essentially we got to the same conclusion that it, it was a great logo, but it just wasn't right for the Sherwood project. It was one of those, ah, oh, damn, it's a great design. I'll probably use it somewhere else. Uh, for another client um, in a year or two. But, you know, it's uh, one of those um, that it just doesn't, it's good, but it wasn't right for the industry and it wasn't right for your company. So we ended up scrapping it. Um, so it'd be good now if we go back to the um, the second logo that I initially shared with you, 002. Before we get there, I, I want to um, just reiterate that we chose this logo first. We, we stared at this logo and we said it's not quite right but this is it, this is the logo. It was just so full of meaning and, and we just couldn't wrap our heads around why, other than the digital aspect that Luke mentioned, um, you know, why, you know, how do we make this more right? And when you went to the second round uh, or the first round of amends, uh, that's when we knew it wasn't, it wasn't right because you, you had already created this perfect logo and, and it took a round of notes for, me at least to realize that that this logo is already good and so us changing it 
is only messing it up and and in the wrong direction of where we want to be. So let's leave that alone. And um, and I have to mention, and I can cut this out if you want, but I think it's kind of funny because I just saw a, a TikTok of yours. Um, but one of the big, you said this in a TikTok that one of the biggest things you have to look out for as a logo designer is swastikas in, in penises, I think, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's right. And with the, with the first um, iteration of this logo, none of that was there, none of that came to mind, but with the second iteration, I did start to see a, a, a dick emerge. And, <laughs> and, and so if you do use this logo for someone else, I think you've got to put the penis behind the bow. I think like when you put it in front of the bow, it, it kind of came into a, a more phallic, it looks a bit phallic. Yeah. Um, that is not the reason we didn't go with it. it, it <laughs> Send the logo off. Before you work it up in full, you do two checks. One check is to check that you haven't plagiarized anybody else. So you put your logo into a reverse image search and you check on Google to make sure that you're not treading on anybody else's toes. The second check is to flip the logo, mirror it, turn it upside down, cut it in half, turn it around, rotate it, and make sure that nowhere in the design does it A, resemble a swastika or a cock and balls. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys have watched um, the Silicon Valley show where the guys launch a product and it ends up looking like a dick. And like that happens way more than you think because when you design something like this, you're so close to it. You're so uh, immersed in the logo and the design of it. You're just right up against the screen doing the tiniest little details and you come back and you come back to it a day later and you're like, oh, it's a dick. I did it with my, my wedding invites. I did my... Um, uh, invites for my wedding and my logo. My wife's name is Laura. I'm James. So we did a J and an L. And obviously this shape was a cock with a shaft and two balls after it and ended up having to change it completely. So you wouldn't believe how much that happens. Anyway, we digress. Let's go into um, logo two uh, from the beginning. So describe to us your rationale for logo two and, and, uh, and, and we'll talk about how that um, evolved. So this is getting more down to the the original brief that we put together with this low poly tree. And I tried multiple different variations of um, coming up with ways of representing a tree shape that was as simplistic as possible and yet had this, you know, polygon style design with, um, you know, uh, joining lines and nodes that connected the, the tree together. And do you know what? I actually even... Um, took a, a stab at trying to create a polygon tree that had 8,333 separate nodes in it. Uh, unfortunately, it was so complex. Uh, the file size was enormous and it was just too detailed and it just it was never, never gonna work. Um, I'm gonna share with you the artboard that I was working from here. Now, this is really getting um, transparent because I never do this with clients. And I remember doing this on a phone call with you, Matt, when we got to the point in the, in the first logo where it wasn't quite working. And I just showed you some stuff on screen quickly that I was working on. This is the artboard um, that we, I was working on with your designs. And that's you know how I was talking about before, about how close you can get to a design. Um, you're doing so many iterations of things that it can really, really, you can actually get too bogged down in details. I want Luke to react to this because I, you showed me this. It, Luke was, I think, in El Salvador maybe at the time. And um, 
So we jumped on a call. It was late and late my time, and uh, you were showing me this, and it was it just blew my mind because I knew how much work you were putting into this, but to see it in a board like this was just incredible. So, um, what do you think of what you're looking at, Luke? It's here, yeah. So, so I haven't seen this now. I was gutted to miss this. I couldn't be there for this moment. And then after you'd said, "Oh, he'd showed me all that if he's working," I was like, "Oh God, why did I? How did I miss that?" Um, but this is incredible. I mean, the amount of work. Every, I mean, you've basically created like a million different logos <laughs> to <laughs> to create the one. I mean, it's genius, um, and it makes a lot of sense now. One one of the designers that I really really respect is a guy called Aaron Draplin, and he uh, he says this thing that vectors are free. Okay, so when you create a design, you never delete anything. You work from iterations of what you've been previously working on. And just in case that you want to go back to something that you worked on before, you've got the original source source file of the logo there. And then you can you know diverge off on different paths from that. This is what happens when you don't delete anything. That Your artboard ends up looking like this. So I haven't created a million logos. I've created probably seven good ones. And from that, I've done tiny detailed changes to each of those um, good ones. And then from all of those together, we've come up with um, the two that I ended up presenting to you um, in that first round. What I'm terrified of is like looking through these now and going, Matt, we need to change. We've found <laughs> <laughs> Don't, please don't. This is why, this is why I should never share uh, this, this kind of, you know, but I'm doing it because we're finished and we're no. signed off and, and we're done. But you're right, yeah. You, I don't look at that too closely because you might find something that you like in there and we'll have to change it. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm very happy where we are. But, uh, but this is great to see. Really cool. Really cool. Going back to the second version that we, um, that I presented, uh, this low poly tree that was coming um, out of the bottom of a circular emblem, um, the trunk was sort of merged and weaved really well into this um, low poly sort of hexagon. I can't even. It's like a Dungeons and Dragons dice, you know, that that triangular die um, where it's sort of sitting on top of the tree and that's the, the head of the tree with the trunk going into it. And at the bottom of that, we've got a super simple um, digital representation of a seed, which we chose, I chose a diamond for. And the beauty of this logo, and I think one of the things that attracted you to it the most was that it was so circular in its shape. Uh, it was a great emblem for the Discord channel. It worked really well on a um, sort of a social profile um, picture and I think was one of the reasons that you wanted to go down this route. Luke do you remember what our notes were for logo number two uh, as far as how to take it to the next level? Well I think Matt you'd had some notes from somebody you'd sent it and they in their initial reaction was that it looked uh, like a like a mushroom cloud and, and I didn't see that um, and I still don't really see it, but we, you, you know, you've kind of got to listen to people when they say, that's what I saw. You have to kind of take it on board. Um, so one of the things we did say was, can it, can it look less like that? That was one of the notes. And, um, and actually with, with trees, the reason I think we tried to steer away from trees initially was because if you type in low poly tree or tree logo into Google, you'll find very, very very similar bunch of trees um and you you don't want it to kind of look forgettable um but but what 
but what James did was was in the end was create like this uh, what I think is very unique um, look to the to the tree. Uh, but yeah, what what were the other notes? You essentially had um, you write the mushroom cloud was a huge issue. Um, again, I didn't see that as much, but I, I get where they were coming from. You know, we don't want to look like a, a nuclear um, holocaust here. We want to you know it needs to look the, the, the trunk was too curvy. Basically, it was it was blowing up from inside and um matt then had a great idea i don't know if it was actually your idea matt but it was fantastic and that was to take the triangle elm emblem that we had in the center that was facing upwards turn it on its side and make that into a play button which would then represent the documentary side of this project which was such a cool idea um so that's what i took on um the issue with that was that just flipping the current design on its side um, didn't work because it was off balance. The way that the, the hexagonal shape was represented was that it was so when you turned it on its side, parts of the design didn't quite sort of um, center themselves visually. And also the trunk then couldn't go into the design as neatly. Um, it was kind of plunked on the outside and it looked less like a tree. And one other piece of feedback um, that I got from you, Matt, was that the, the, the representation of the seed in the bottom wasn't quite cutting it it wasn't a seed it was a diamond um and so i need to rework the acorn format from the first version into this with a digital as best as possible the digital representation of that seed in the bottom of the tree so um i worked up all of these different um, versions of acorn designs and um eventually we came to the one on the far right the final one and then worked that into the logo but yeah there's a lot of ways to make that acorn shape work and None of them were quite cutting it. And so eventually we went to this, um, uh, yeah, this, this final option. Which we absolutely adore because it, it, you know, someone may argue that the logo one with the arrow um, is, is better, or they like it more, but it just didn't encapsulate the Sherwood project the way that this does. Um, you know, with the, the mention of the documentary, with the th triangle being a, a representation of the three prongs of, of a film, a community program, and an NFT project. And then the tree and the seed is, is obviously in integral to all of our, the, the entire thing. Um, so it, you just nailed it. When I look at that original logo too, which we were pretty much ready to accept. We were like, see what you can do with this, but this is good. And you just took it to a whole other level. You went from a, a 2D logo to essentially a 3D logo. Uh, how, how often does that happen? And, and how did you wrap your head around going from something that was made of 2D lines to something that is now 3D? It was this problem with the getting that play symbol to work. And it, to me, that was such a great idea. We had to get that concept in there. It was too clever to not do. I was worried. So essentially, we came up with this geodesic. I think it's geodesic sphere. So it's this, you know, the the crystal ball kind of um, look and feel to it, um, with loads and loads of nodes and um, lines going through. But it does have our central triangle, which is the play button inside it. Um, and it actually wasn't all that difficult to put together. I know it looks like a three D um, emblem. Um, but the, it's actually just a series of triangles stitched together inside, a, um, um, I think it's an eight or 10 sided shape, uh, and then just stitch the lines together and it looks 3d, but it's actually, um, you know, in terms of building, it wasn't too tough. 
So I, I tweaked with that a little bit, then started working on putting that on top of our tree shape and working the trunk into it. And thankfully, because there's a few more lines and nodes to deal with, the trunk shape actually sticks itself pretty well inside the tree. One of the issues you have with the design of a tree is if you design the top head of the tree and then just stick a trunk underneath it, if you plunk it underneath the tree, it doesn't look like a tree in a simple form. It looks like a lollipop. So we had to get those branches kind of inside the shape so that the trunk was actually spreading from inside the tree, but at the same time, not touching the play button that we've now got inside this logo. And this is how um, we went about it. Um, and I just stretched out the, um, bottom section of the trunk to make it more clear that that section in the middle is the trunk. So I've given it a bit of background weight behind it so there's more, it stands out better. And then, yep, yeah, in the center underneath is our acorn. And it really was one of those, um, we, we got it in the morning, I think I got it in the morning, I'd just woken up and Matt sent it over and he was and he sent me a voice note and he was like, this is it, it's beautiful, it's so good, I'm so excited. And I was like, yeah, it really is, it's so, it's so cool. <laughs> You really want a cool logo, and it is. It's great. Thanks, guys. Um, but yeah, even that, once we got to this point, um, we still had a lot of work to do. We've got our, our, cent our central sort of logo mark. Now, um, once you guys were kind of happy with that, I needed to roll out the um, the individual variations of that logo that we could then use across different formats. So we needed a version for the center of our social channels, so the, the Discord thumbprint. We needed uh, a variation for the top of a website potentially, and a bigger version that we could blow up a bit better that could be used on you know things like the um, title screens for a documentary or the center of a big website page or a post, or even like you know redo your pitch deck. I'm sure you don't want don't want to do that, Matt, but uh, it's you know it's there if, if you need it. And that's the great thing about um, designs like this is that you can use parts of them, change the orientation ever so slightly for different layouts. I mean, for instance, we've got a version that works on a dark background, great in, in white. But if you put invert that and flip that straight onto a black back, onto a sorry, onto a white background, uh, that doesn't work anymore. It doesn't feel the same. It doesn't have the same weight. So you need to create a variation that sits well on um, a light background, and uh, had a bit of a job to do with this one because it was essentially a white logo. Um, so yeah, there's a few things that need to be sorted out after that. But once we got that central shape. It was just fun and games, really, just rolling out all of the um, the different formats and then getting to mock them up in things like business cards and letterheads and stationery at the top of the website. That's the fun part. You know, you go in Photoshop, you put it on T-shirts and you put it on stickers and make it look pretty so that the client is, you know, really sold on that on that final version. And I think I think you guys were. Yeah, it's really helpful to be able to, to see it on all those different formats, actually. I've never really seen that done before. It was... Uh just helps you visualize it in the future of where it's going to be. It's really good. Yeah, it's really it's a really important thing that that I um, make sure I do with clients is to that first presentation that you guys get, it has to be, it really has to sell it. Lots of designers like to get on the phone with their clients and talk through their designs and sell them in and be there on the phone when they see it for the first time. And I don't like to do that because it inhibits your feedback. It, it, if you're staring at their reaction on the screen when they see the logo for the first time and they hate it, it's uncomfortable for everybody, okay? They need time to digest it, need time to you know spend a few days with it and actually just really, really let that design sink in. Um, so I'll, I'll just email it over uh, with, a, with a rationale and an explanation of why I've done it. Um, but if I emailed over a JPEG on a white background and then let you sit with that, it would, it would do nothing. I have to, 
I do have to do a bit of you know selling on my side and show you look how well this logo works in different formats look how well it works on a business card on a t-shirt on the top of your website um, and it actually you know gives the gives you a chance to really really appreciate all the different scenarios in which this logo can be used um, so yeah that's the reason that I put so much effort into those presentations I think it's worth Luke thanking the community right now because we at least and I, I don't know if you James saw but we we were we created a channel called logo design and we had uh, uh, amazing artists come into the discord and, and design their their vision of, of what the logo was a bunch of different iterations and none of them were quite right for us but we wouldn't have been able to work with you and we wouldn't have been where we are now had we not seen those and gone through that thought process um, were you able to see that? Did that come into your thought process or, or your process at all? It did. It was a tricky one because I didn't want to look too closely at that channel because hey, I don't. I didn't want to plagiarize somebody else's style or or design idea. Um, but I did. I, I looked through the channel and I had a good look at all of the concepts that were sent through, and some of them were incredible. Some of the sketch work on there. You got some really talented guys on your community, uh, especially the stuff that revolved around a leaf and the arrows crisscrossing and the badge formats and that, that was really, really cool. Um, but that was, I was really careful to not, you know, take too much from that because um, if, if you're influenced by somebody else's style, it happens a lot in rebrands. If you're influenced by a previous logo or something somebody else has done, it can really take you down a direction that you might not have gone had you just come to it with a fresh mind. So yeah, I was careful with that channel, but like you say, some great, great concepts on there. There was one that I actually really, really wanted to try. I'm almost nervous to say it in case you guys change your mind and you want to do it. Um, but one chap on there um, talked about a logo that evolves. So you have, um, you know, you start with a logo that was a seedling and then a logo that turns into, you know, that grows a bit and then it grows, and then it, that was a cool idea. But, you know, it's one of those things where that's a lot of work, you know, it's a budget constraint thing with a logo. So maybe somebody wants to, you know, work that out one day for you guys, but would it be great to have a, you know, completely digital animated version of your logo that grows every couple of days, just a little bit more comes out of it and it changes over time. I think that'd be something cool in the future. Maybe that's, yeah. I love that. I don't know. <laughs> we might have to create some, some uh, discord channel around that or something. That That's, that's very cool. Yeah. Let me just say, you know, I'm, I'm really glad we, had this conversation and, and were able to show people the process because it it's just it just shows how much you care, James, as an artist, and and how much the Sherwood Project and Luke and I really care about every single aspect of what we're doing, and that we're not just quickly hiring someone on Fiverr or, or stealing uh, somebody's submitted logo somewhere or whatever. We really want to put a lot of time and a lot of energy into working with people who also put a lot of time and a lot of energy into into their work. And, and that's the kind of community we're building. And we're so we're so thrilled that you could be one of the first people to, to help us build that. Well, you've stolen exactly what I was going to say, Matt, but never mind. I, <laughs> I just wanted to say that, you, you know, this, I, th I think this, yeah, as you just said, is a reflection of of the amount of time and thought we put into every aspect of the process. And if things, um, if things maybe slow down, it's like, because we're, we're working on something, um, that's, uh, and things take time and if you, and you want to get them right and, and we want to attract people. Yeah. Like James that, that do these things, right. It's like when we searched, we we've searched for high and low for the developers who are going to help us with the blockchain element of the NFT and we spent a long time 
make and and saying no to developers and and interviewing people and being like they didn't show up on time so no we're not going to work with you and that's precisely our ethos and the way that we want to work and we've we probably out of everything have spent more time on the logo um and 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 you wouldn't think that but it but to us it's so important and as i say it's the first thing people see when they come to the organization so i'm really glad we did spend this amount of time yeah i think you guys have you guys have done an amazing job here because you wouldn't believe how much people undervalue things like your brand and your logo as part of your brand um it's the you're right it's the first impression that people have of your company especially in the nft space where there's a lot of scam artists out there. Um, you, you really need to make that first impression and, and come across as um, you know, a professional, credible brand that are really, really, you know, you've got some experienced people behind it. Um, you're not out to just nick people's money. You're not gonna do a rug pull. You're gonna, you know, this is, this is the real deal. Um, but one thing I will say is that when you launch this to your community, just be prepared. Um, that 50% of the people are going to hate it. Okay, it just happens. It's design is subjective. Uh, you're not going to please everybody, but you just got to remember that you know we've been th- we've been through the process. Trust the process. It's unique. It represents our industry. Um, it's it ref- you know it's trustworthy looking, and you guys are proud of it. So that's the important thing to to sort of take away from this whole process, if not anything. So yeah, don't be disheartened on the Discord channel when the neg the negs start coming in, because um, it will happen. I'm sure of it. And better yet, and better yet, Logo One is available because we <laughs> didn't pick it. So, con- so contact right. James if you really want it more. That's right. And um, <laughs> and do what you will with it. <laughs> Absolutely. Good job. Well, if you're listening to this as a podcast, you should definitely go on YouTube and, and watch it because we'll we have shown throughout this episode all of the different iterations and and uh, where we landed and, and the process and how we got there and James's process. Luke, do you have any, any final words? I don't, mate. I'm going to get to bed. <laughs> James, can you tell us where people can reach you if they want to see your work or if they want to contact you to work with you? My last name is Barnard. So my website is barnard.co. Uh, and that is the uh, handle for all my social profiles, Barnard Co. on Instagram, on TikTok. Just find my website and there's a contact button on there if you want to, if you want a logo, come and talk to me. Awesome. Thank you so much for uh, collaborating with us. Thank you so much for for having this conversation. And uh, Luke, thank you for staying awake. (laughs) Anytime, mate. Anytime. (laughs) Thanks, guys.